So don't miss us tonight. Paul set the stage. This is why I like, I really like the way Paul teaches. He doesn't sugarcoat things at all. He says it how it is. He's like, hey, Timothy, I've been faithful to serve how God has called me to. You know it, you've seen it. You followed me, you've seen my ministry. And he, I believe Paul's not saying this in, a, in an arrogant way, but he's giving, he's showing the credibility that he has. He's been faithful to serve God and people have been one to the Lord because of the ministry that Paul has, has shown. And so he's, he's giving the credibility that, that he deserves to Timothy. He says, you, sh- you should probably listen to me. I've done it. I'm getting old and now it's your turn. Paul has proven himself faithful to the mission that God has given him. He says, even though I've been through all these trials, God has brought me through, I've endured. For those of you that don't know Paul, I talk about Paul a lot, but he was at one point Saul, because he was, his name was originally Saul, he was living a very ungodly life, persecuting Christians, and, and God met him in a real way and called him into the ministry and eventually changed his name to Paul. But, but Paul took on the mission of Jesus to tell people about about the Lord, what God has done for us by sending his son Jesus to die for us. And, and Paul, Paul was one of the early, you could say, pastors of the church. He led many people to Christ, led many people, told many people about the good news of Jesus. And he went to such depths to do so that he got persecuted many times, which is ironic because he was at one point persecuting those who believed in God. And then for preaching about God, he himself got persecuted. He wrote many of the books in the New Testament from jail, from prison. And he says, even though I've been through all of these trials, God has still brought me through and I have endured. This week's message is, the time is now looking at 2 Timothy. So grab your Bibles, something to write with, and let's get into this week's message, the time is now. I love being at youth group on Wednesdays. Tonight, we are going to dive into the book of 2 Timothy. Um, the title of today's message is, The Time is Now. I had a, the past few months, we've been in a few sermon series, um, diving into different books in the Bible. Tonight, is going to be another standalone message as we prepare for the Christmas season. Um, just so you guys know, next week and the week after, we'll get into Christmassy things. Corey, thanks for the water. Wow. Christmas party is the 22nd. You don't want to miss that. Wear an ugly sweater. You need to wear an ugly sweater. I have to buy an ugly sweater because I don't have one. But tonight, we're going to focus on the book of 2 Timothy chapters 3 and 4. I love the, this book. 2 Timothy, for those of you that don't know, is a book that Paul wrote to... Um, t- 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 oh my goodness. I almost said Titus. Timothy... Paul wrote this book to Timothy, giving him instruction on how to carry out God's mission. Um, And I just want to set the stage a little bit tonight. I know it's easy to be distracted. I know a lot's going on. I just got you standing to your feet. Tyler was on his chair singing happy birthday. But I'd really encourage you, no matter what you can do tonight, to focus in, because I do believe that God has something powerful to speak to each and every single one of us. As I was preparing to to speak tonight, God was really working on me in these, in these same areas, and I always find that encouraging when God speaks to me before I get to share what God spoke to me as well. So tonight we're going to dive into 2 Timothy ch- chapter 3 and 4, but I want to set the stage. For those of you that don't know this, it is biblically evident that we are living in the last days on earth. And for those of you that, that may not be in church or haven't been in church very much, that can be a little bit alarming 
or you may be like, what are you talking about? I want you to know tonight that earth is not our home. God created the heavens and the earth in a perfect image and then created man in perfect image. And a long, long time ago, man, man corrupted God's creation by sinning and falling short of the glory of God. So that means as humans, we have all fallen short. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. But at the same time God created earth, he also created the heavens. And because God, we knew we were a fallen people, we were all sinners. Me, everybody in this room, we've all sinned. We've all fallen short. God knew we needed a savior. And there comes a point when Jesus came, he came to die and rise again. He died on the cross for our sins and rose again on the third day. But eventually he sent it back into heaven. And right now God, Jesus is in heaven, sitting at the right hand of the Father God, for those of you that don't know. I know that was quick. It might have been confusing. But at some point in time, Jesus is going to come back to earth. And to those that believe in him and call him their Lord and Savior, he will save these people. So as Christians, if you believe in Jesus, you'll be saved by Jesus at the point he comes home. So when I say we're living in the last days, that's what I mean. At some point, I believe probably very soon Jesus is going to come back to judge the living and the dead. And so that can sound scary. You can be like, oh, wow, like that's a pretty intense way to start tonight. Well, Paul tells us in 2 Timothy that the last, what the last days will look like and why they're so dangerous. So if you have your Bibles, I'm going to start in chapter 3 of 2 Timothy. I'm going to read this quickly and then we'll dive into the rest. But he tells us what the last days will look like. And there's many accounts across the entire Bible of what, what the end times will look like. But this is what Paul says to 2 Timothy. He says, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very, very difficult times. For people will only love themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with their pride, and love pleasures rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. I don't know about you, but even if you're not a Christian in here, that, can, that sounds a lot, about earth, a lot of like what earth is like today. What Paul just explained to Timothy in this book is a great picture of what we're living among right now. So it's biblically evident that we are in the last days of here on earth because earth is not our home. All around us, we see evidence of these words that Paul wrote to Timothy. So one thing is for sure, whether... Wherever you came in here tonight, whatever your beliefs are, one thing is for sure. Whether you're a Christian or not, whether you've never heard about God before or you've been in relationship with him your whole life, one thing's for sure. Culture needs a hope. Our world that we live on needs hope. Our world that we live in needs something to put our faith in. Whether you believe in faith, in or, in, whether you believe in faith or not, I'm here to tell you that faith exists no matter where you're at. Even if you believe in nothing, you still have faith in nothing. If you have faith in Jesus, your faith, you have true faith in Jesus. So we all need hope. Culture needs hope. There is an urgent need for hope in our world today. It's urgent. That's what, a lot about what we're going to talk about tonight. There's an urgent need for hope, for direction. And tonight, I don't want anybody to miss this because it can sound heavy right now and you can already be like, I'm going to check out. I don't want to hear about this. But I promise you, if you dive into what the word is going to say, because I'm not going to say anything other than what the Bible says. So if you listen to what God's word tells us tonight, I believe he'll speak to you. 
I'm here to tell you very early on tonight that the answer, the hope that this world needs, the, the world that we live in, the answer for it is Jesus. And that's a very used statement. It's easy to say, yeah, the world needs Jesus, but I'm telling you right now, I have nothing to gain by telling you anything different, that the world needs Jesus, and he's the only hope for the future. So we're going to set the stage with that tonight. We'll discuss why the answer of Jesus So we need hope. The answer is Jesus. We're going to talk about why that answer is so crucial for our culture to grab hold of. Paul writes two letters to Timothy, 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy. For those of you that don't know, Timothy is a disciple of Paul. Paul's an older spiritual father. He's done a lot of ministry amongst his life, and he's raising up Timothy. I think in the the Bible it says, I know he's a very young boy, probably about 20 or 21, and Timothy's raising him up to be a disciple And Paul's mentoring Timothy, teaching him the ways of the ministry, teaching him to tell people about Jesus. And so this letter, this book, 2 Timothy, is a letter that Paul is writing to Timothy and giving him instruction on what to do. This is a spoiler. At the end of what we're about to read tonight, Paul states that he has done all he can. He's very old at this time. In the Bible, Paul's very old, and he's urging Timothy. He's like, Timothy, I've done everything I can on earth. I've been faithful to serve God. I've done everything he's told me. I've done my best to carry out his mission. Now it's your turn. So I know you guys are like, ah, spoilers. That's the worst. But it's important for us to know tonight. Paul gives Timothy a charge or a call to action. He gives him action steps on how to carry out God's mission and there's an urgency. That, this, that word is really important tonight. There's an urgency behind what Paul is writing to Timothy. So if you have your Bible tonight, you know the drill. I'd encourage you all to bring it. Take notes. I believe there's something special about writing down what you're hearing. I think it allows us to allow it to resonate in our hearts more at a deeper level. But open your Bibles tonight to 2 Timothy chapter 3. We're going to start in, verses, in verse 10. It says this. But you, Timothy, certainly know what I teach and how I live and what my purpose in life is. You know my faith, my patience, my love, and my endurance. You know how much persecution and suffering I have endured. You know all about how I was persecuted in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, but the Lord rescued me from all of it. Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution but evil people and imposters will flourish. They will deceive others and will themselves be deceived. So don't miss us tonight. Paul sets the stage. This is why I, like, I really like the way Paul teaches. He doesn't sugarcoat things at all. He says it how it is. He's like, hey, Timothy, I've been faithful to serve how God has called me to. You know it. You've seen it. You've followed me. You've seen my ministry. And he, I believe Paul's not saying this in, a, in an arrogant way, but he's, giving, he's showing the credibility that he has. He's been faithful to serve God, and people have been one to the Lord because of the ministry that Paul has, has shown. And so he's, he's giving the credibility that, that he deserves to Timothy. He says, you, sh- you should probably listen to me. I've done it. I'm getting old, and now it's your turn. Paul has proves, proven himself faith, faithful to the mission that God has given him. He says, even though I've been through all these trials, God has brought me through. I've, en- I've endured. For those of you that don't know, Paul... I talk about Paul a lot, but he was at one point Saul, because he was, his name was originally Saul, he was living a very ungodly life, persecuting Christians, and, and God met him in a real way, and called him into the ministry, and eventually changed his name to Paul, but, but Paul took on the mission of Jesus to tell people about, about the Lord, what God has done for us by sending his son Jesus to die for us, and, 
And Paul, Paul was one of the early, you could say, pastors of the church. He led many people to Christ, led many people, told many people about the good news of Jesus. And he went to such depths to do so that he got persecuted many times, which is ironic because he was at one point persecuting those who believed in God. And then for preaching about God, he himself got persecuted. He wrote many of the books in the New Testament from jail, from prison. And he says, even though I've been through all of these trials, God has still brought me through and I have endured. This is my first point tonight. Just like Paul is proof, God doesn't put us on a journey to fulfill his call and then abandon us along the way. I talked about that a little bit last week, the mystery and the calling. We don't don't know the full story that God has for us. And Paul definitely didn't when he said yes to, to preaching the good news But even though it was scary and he didn't know what it was going to look like and he was in jail, he still persevered, he still endured because God is faithful to protect him because he's answering the call on his life. Like I said, Paul's not a sugarcoater. He said, anyone who wants to live a godly life is going to suffer persecution. So tonight, I'm not going to tell you that, that saying yes to Jesus is the popular option because it's very evident in our world today that it's not. So often in every aspect of life that we look at, God has moved, God has separated. There's an actual thing that happened in our government in the United States called the separation of church and state because the government, the governing body of our country has gone so far away from God that they needed to separate them from schools and all these things. That's why you can technically get in trouble for praying in school. Our culture, our world, ungodly things of this world want nothing to do with God. And it's so, so evident. It was evident in this time and Paul's time and Timothy's time, and it's so evident today as well. So he says, you're going to suffer persecution for being a Christian because it's not popular. It's not popular. But in this portion, we see what an opportunity it is we have to be, to be able to say yes to this God-given call that we have to stand firm in Jesus no matter the trials. So that can seem like a burden. You can say, oh man, I don't really want to be persecuted, so I'm going to say no to Jesus. Instead, what, about, what an opportunity we have to stand firm in what we know is true. For those of you that don't know, this word, the Bible, the word of God is 100% true. We believe here at People's Church and Peace Youth that the word of God is God-breathed. It's written by, by authors, by some fishermen, all inspired by the Holy Spirit. So I believe, and we as a church believe, that this word is 100% true. So what an opportunity we have to be able to stand firm in it. Because a lot of things that, that the Bible says don't align with where culture is going. So I think it's super cool that you and I have the opportunity to stand firm and say, I believe what the Bible says and I'm not going to budge off of it. Because so many people around you, so many people around us will say, uh, you don't have to listen to that part. Oh, that part's good. I actually like that. But, oh, you don't have to listen to that part. That's old. It was for Bible time, not today. No, it's so important tonight that we understand the power that comes from the word of God and how true it is. So this part of the scripture in 2 Timothy gets me really excited because you can see how Paul is setting up Timothy to to give him this call to action. He's saying, I've done all these things, now now listen to what I have to say. He's setting up for a call to action. Go to verse 14 with me. He says this, Timothy, you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true. 
For you know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes from trusting in Jesus Christ. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Trust your roots. That's what Paul's saying right now. He's telling Timothy, trust where you've came from. From a very early age, you heard the true word of God. And he just said everything that I told you. That the word of God is inspired by him. It's true. It's real and it always will be. So he's saying, Timothy, trust where you've come from. You've had the opportunity to have amazing mentors in your life teaching you and showing you the ways of God. Trust that. Trust your roots. Trust the example that has gone before you. Trust the example that has been set by those that have gone before you. For us today, it's important for us to understand that, that Paul is, yes, talking to Timothy, but he's also speaking to us tonight as well. So for, for us to, tonight, I believe this means trusting and honoring your parents even when it doesn't make sense. Respecting those around you. Getting close to someone that loves Jesus more than you. I can't emphasize that point enough. It is so crucial for you and I to have people in our lives that allow, allow us to be pushed because they love Jesus more than, than you do. And that might sound weird. Why do I want, like it's not a competition. It's not. But having someone in your life that is more in love and farther on their faith walk with Jesus than you are will challenge you and it will push you and it'll be a, set a good example just as Paul was for Timothy. That is so, so crucial. Honor your father and mother, even when it doesn't make sense. Allow someone to mentor you. Show grace, this is a good one. Show grace to someone even when they don't deserve it. And I believe this is, that point is going to speak to a few people in here tonight because I'm not oblivious to the fact that even amongst our youth group, even sometimes there's conflict. There's little things that, that rub us the wrong way. Oh, that person said something and I don't like it. What an opportunity we have to show grace, just as Jesus did. And I'm not saying any of us are going to be perfect. Perfection should never be the goal. Relationship with Jesus, to a deeper degree, should be the goal. So Paul's saying, Timothy, trust your roots. I believe so, so strongly that the relationship of Paul and Timothy is a great example of what discipleship looks like. If you don't know what discipleship means, I want to explain it to you briefly. When Jesus walked on this earth, he had 12 disciples. He had 12 men following him that were learning the leadership skills that Jesus had, the way that he prayed for people, his ministry. Jesus was bringing 12 men along with him throughout his entire ministry, teaching him, them directly and indirectly what a godly lifestyle looks like, what a godly leadership gift looks like. And so they were his disciples. There was 12 disciples. And so discipleship in a modern day term now, today, discipleship means, like I was saying, have someone that's a spiritual father mentor you. For a lot of you in here, that might be a sixth grader getting in connection with a senior in high school. And that senior can, can bring you along because they're probably farther, farther along in their faith journey than you are. And that's Okay. Some of us are going to be farther along and some of us are going to be farther behind. But the beauty of it is God loves each and every single one of us the same no matter where we're at. So it should be our desire to, to build disciples and for us to be mentored by, by a spiritual, what is the right word? 
peer, authority. It should be your desire to want to, to understand what other people have walked through so we can then walk through those things in a different or more efficient way. Pastor Aaron, for me, was, was my, has been and always will be my mentor for a very long time. Pastor Aaron and I do ministry together, which might sound weird, but Pastor Aaron is a lot farther along his faith journey than I am. And for so many years, he has spoken to my life, even when I didn't want to hear it. He's met with me when I didn't want to, but I will forever be thankful for the sacrifice that Pastor Aaron has made to me because he has allowed me and shed light on areas and brought me out of situations that I probably would have been doomed for. Trust your roots. We might, this is important, we must not underestimate the power of the word of God. Trust what the word of God has taught you. So Paul says, trust what people have taught you, trust the people that have gone before you, but he's also saying that the word of God is true, the word of God is inspired by him. Trust what the word of God has taught us. Paul says it's true. The word of God was true then, in this time, Paul writing the letter, it's true today and forever it will be true. For some, someone in here, they needed to hear that because they've, someone in this room has for whatever reason questioned what the Bible says. And I'm telling you tonight that it's true and it always will be. Paul explains to Timothy how the Bible is an instruction manual for our lives. Whenever we get off course, whenever we feel like we're off the, off the tracks, the Bible will get us back on track and into the right direction. The Bible is an instruction manual for how to live and how to live a life like Jesus. This quote messed me up the other day. Corey showed it to me. Her aunt posted it on Instagram. It says this, We must allow the word of God to correct us the same way we allow it to encourage us. That messed with me a few days ago. We must allow the word of God to correct us the same way we allow it to encourage us. For some of us in here, it's really easy to get into the word of God when things are really going bad. And we find encouragement. This, that, the, the, the Bible does that. The Bible encourages. So it's easy for us to get in into God's word when we're struggling and the situation is looking really bad. And, oh, okay, that, that scripture is encouraging to me. That's, that happens. That's true. But in the same way, even when things are going really good and we feel like we have it all figured out, the Bible can speak to us and, speak to us and say, you need to work in that area. We must allow the Bible to correct us the same way that we allow it to encourage us. Here's where we're going to dive into the urgency that I've talked about up until now. Paul's letter to Timothy is one of absolute urgency, and I believe this deeply. We're going to dive into the next few verses. But I, before we dive in, I looked up the definition of urgent from the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, just so all of us can understand. The definition of urgency is requiring immediate action or attention. Hence the word immediate. Urgency is something that requires immediate action or attention. It's not, oh, uh, I think that situation needs to be dealt with, so in like four or five years, deal with it. No, no, Paul's saying, Timothy, I need you to, this needs immediate action. I'm old, I'm about to die. I need a, there's urgency to what I'm telling you. It's important for us to understand. Go to vert chapter 4. Now flip your page, whatever, whatever Bible you have. 2 Timothy chapter 4, starting in verse 1. 
I can picture Paul saying this to Timothy as we read. I can picture Paul saying, the time is now, Timothy. The time is now. Paul saying, go, there's no time to waste. Timothy, you, you must follow this course. And he says this in verse one. I solemnly urge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. Timothy, preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to, to sound and welcome, wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. Paul's saying, Timothy, it's urgent. You must preach the word of God. You must pre preach the truth of the Bible. Because just like in this time, Paul writing the letter, people are wanting to hear what only they desire. And they want to hear that that's the same as today. Culture would tell us, oh, seek your own truth. I just turned my mic. Oh, it's better. Okay. Seek your own truth. Oh, that, that feels good in my heart. So I believe that. That challenges me. So I don't necessarily agree. I find it really interesting how people, I, I don't know who told me this the other day, but I find it really interesting how oftentimes people, maybe Pastor Tom said it, why do people in culture today seek out a church that will affirm everything they believe? I don't know about you, but I want to be part of a church, a congregation, a church body that, that has the same values as me, yes, but will also challenge me in ways that I didn't know I needed to be challenged. We shouldn't be seeking people to speak into our lives that are only going to tell us what we want to hear. We should be seeking to be in environments where we're challenged to grow. I think that's so important because there's going to be people among you that are saying, oh, yeah, that, that's how you feel, then that's how you are. But it could be that the Bible says something different. And no matter what man says, even, even if they're dead on theologically, even if they're dead on in their understanding of the Bible, no man will ever compete with the truth of the Bible. So if you find yourself confused, if you find yourself you don't know where to go next. If you, someone says something to you in school and you're like, ah, do I, is that actually true? I'm sure the answer is in the word of God. And so Timothy, or Paul is telling Timothy, there's gonna be people among you that are gonna try to seek their own desires. You need to preach the truth to them. The time is now, it's urgent. Timothy had a duty to share with everyone the good news of Jesus. So do we. Just as Timothy had people in his time of existence that needed to hear the good news, so do we. So just as Paul is speaking to Timothy, tonight he's also speaking to us. There's people in our social circles, there's people in our spheres of influence that may not know what Jesus has done for them. It's up to us. The time is now. It's urgent. They need to know. Like I said earlier, there will be a day when Jesus comes back to judge the living and the dead. And I don't want anybody to miss out on eternity with Jesus. If you don't know this, if you accept Jesus Christ to be the, your Lord and Savior, you will spend eternity with him in heaven. I don't want anybody to miss out on that. The time is now because there are people all around us that have no idea where their hope lies. They may think they do. They may think their hope is in all these earthly things, but the true hope is Jesus so that we must inform them.
I'm speaking to Christians in here. We have a duty tonight and today and forever to, there's an urgency for people to know. There's an urgency for people to know. Don't be selfish. Sounds weird. Don't be selfish with what you know. Like a lot of us in here are very blessed to call Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. Don't be selfish with that information. Tell people about it. Like no one likes the, the person that has a pack of gum and takes one for themselves and there's a whole pack left and they're not gonna share. God wants to give gum to everybody. That's a weird analogy. Don't be selfish with that good news. We have a responsibility to share. I've been challenged by that. I hope you are too. The hope of Jesus, salvation, eternity, those things aren't just for you and I. They're not just for a few people. God didn't send his son Jesus to die for like one or two people or like one country or this half of the world. No, God sent his son Jesus to die for every person, every living person, because he knew we needed a savior. So Paul was giving a charge to Timothy initially, and now he's giving the same call to action to us through the word of God. How cool is that? Can we just take a second? How cool is that that this book, 2 Timothy, was initially written to Timothy, giving instruction on how to carry out ministry and to pre preach the good news to people. How cool is that that thousands of years later, we can read the exact instructions? Like, I don't know if any of you have realized that before, but a lot of the New Testament is instruction given from one one person to the other on how to do things right. Why would you not want to listen to that? That's so cool to me that we get to hear exact, because Paul, Paul was very effective in his ministry. Let's get that straight. Paul was very, very effective. He wasn't perfect. None of us are. But Paul was very effective in the way he shared the, the good news of Jesus. What a better person to take instruction from. Not all of us in here are pastors, obviously. Not all of us in here are called to that. Not, of us, not all of us in here are called to ministry. Not, of, not all of us in here are going to do church things for the rest of our lives. But just because he's speaking to, from one ministry leader to the other doesn't mean we can't take instructions too. As Christians, we're all called into ministry to some form. Just because your ministry isn't church-related doesn't mean you don't have one. I've said this a lot. Your football team, your sports team, your soccer team, your softball team, that's your ministry in a way. Take instructions from Paul. He's telling you how to do it. It's not hard. I mean, you're going to be persecuted, like he tells us. But what an opportunity we have. So you might say, Spencer, that sounds good. I'm, a, I'm on board with you. Like, this all makes sense. Paul makes sense. I can get on board with Paul. But you haven't told me how to do it yet. You've told me what to do, but, but how do I have the strength to do it? You've told me to preach the word of God. You've told me to, Paul's told us to, to gain wisdom from, our, from spiritual parents. But how do, I, how do I have the strength to do it? Verse 5 tells us, keep a, he says, Timothy, keep a clear mind in every situation do not be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. If all else fails, if all else fails, that should be the point, the point we go back to. If you find yourself in a situation where you're like, uh, I don't know where I'm going to go from here. Paul says, keep a clear mind. Do not be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry of God. 
That's how you do it. And when Paul says keep a clear mind, I think for us today, that means being focused on whatever we're tasked with. Last week I talked about God calls us into the small things before he can entrust us with the big. So if, if God has tasked you with doing well in school, then focus and keep your eyes clear, your head clear and focus on school. If God has called you to create a Bible study for your school and that's, you know, your task, that's what you're called to right now. Be faithful to complete your task. Keep your mind clear and understand that if you're doing the work of God, you're going to experience suffering. Do not be afraid of the suffering of the Lord, Paul says. And at the same time, work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given us. Worship team, will you come tonight? I just want to say again, I think it is such a cool concept that we get to, to read about the call that Paul has given to Timothy and to us at the same time. Paul urged Timothy to carry on the mission. He's also urging you and I. Remember the definition of urgent, requiring immediate action or attention. Paul isn't saying, uh, you're called to do this, but you can wait as long as you want. No, this starts now. The time is now to carry out the mission of Jesus. Look around during your day. Tomorrow at school. What's tomorrow? Thursday? Tomorrow at school for 10 minutes. Okay, how about this? During passing period, get tunnel vision, cancel everything out. And for five minutes during passing period, look around you. Look around you at the people around you. We, we all go to school, not me anymore, thank goodness. But you all are in school tomorrow. During passing period, look around at school and all you will see is the majority, for the majority, all you will see is people that are hopeless. How sad is that? I wish I would have realized that in high school. You're going to see so many homeless, hopeless people. Hopefully not homeless, I'm sorry. And if you're homeschooled, Someone just said homeschooled. If you're homeschooled, what a better opportunity to encourage your siblings that you're homeschooled with. What an opportunity to, to disciple one another, to be mentors for one another. Maybe you're homeschooled with your older brother. Allow that person to speak into your life. But tomorrow during passing period, look around and you're going to see a lot of hopeless people, I promise. They all need to hear the good news of Jesus. And Paul is telling us tonight how to do it. He's telling us how to tell them. He's telling us what to do. He's giving us action steps. And it's urgent. It's so urgent. I can't emphasize it enough. I'm probably going to annoy you guys for saying it so much. But it's so urgent. We as Christians do not have time to waste. We do not have time to waste. Jesus is coming back soon and everyone deserves to know what he has done for us. If you've never heard this, the good news of Jesus before, you've now heard it. And for everyone else in this room, you've heard it before. We've all now had the amazing, very incredible opportunity to hear what Jesus has done. God sent him to die, live a, or God sent him to live a perfect life and then to die on the cross for our sins. And he rose from the dead, conquered sin and death, and ascended into heaven, and he's going to come back to save us again. We've all had the opportunity to hear it now. What about those that have not heard? 
I want you to stand with me tonight. And this is what's exciting to me, and I hope this is what's exciting to you. Because of our salvation in Jesus, for those of us that would say, I believe in Jesus, I believe he has saved me. Because of our salvation, that's what that means. The word salvation means being saved by the blood of Jesus. Because of our salvation, heaven is our reward. I alluded to that earlier. But we as Christ followers, heaven is our reward. I don't know if you heard me. We get to experience eternity with Jesus in heaven. I don't think anybody, if they're honest with, them, with themselves, would say they want to miss out on that. Because no matter what you believe, I think you at least have some concept of what's going to happen when you die, like where you're going to go or like what's going to happen. When I die or if Jesus comes back before that, I want to know that I know that I know that I know that I'm going to experience eternity and go to heaven with Jesus. Heaven is our reward. That doesn't have to be scary. You, don't have, you might say, Spencer, well, like, I'm still uncertain. Like, if, I'm gonna, if I die, I don't know where I'm going to go. Like, because I'm here to tell you tonight, the heaven is real and also hell is real as well. So you could say, I don't know where I'm going to go. Well, tonight you might have the you're going to have the opportunity to make a decision to, to declare that you're going to know where you're going to go for sure. So that doesn't have to be scary. Let that be an encouragement. Heaven is your reward. Heaven is our reward tonight. Everybody deserves access to that. I can, I can see Paul. I can see him sitting in a prison cell, writing all these books of the New Testament saying, it's urgent. I've done everything I can. I'm about to die. I'm old. I've been faithful to serve Jesus. I've, I've done everything I can. It's urgent. You have to do it now. Don't miss this. I can, I can sense the, the pain that Paul felt when he's writing this letter to Timothy because it wasn't just like an instruction, like do what I tell you. It was like, you have to do this or people are going to die. You have to tell them because nobody else will. Heaven is available to every single one of us, but first we must have the opportunity to hear. And I've said it a lot already. A lot of people haven't heard yet. In the final portion of this passage, Paul says this, and I want to read it to us tonight. Paul says, as for me, he's given all of his instruction. He says, as for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me. The crown of righteousness, which of the Lord, the righteous judge will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. That should be our goal. As Christians, that should be where we strive to be, to, to basically be, to know that you're going to die soon and say, to say, Jesus, I've given you everything I have. I've given you everything I have to offer. Because God doesn't need perfect people to fulfill his plan. He just needs people that are willing to step out and say yes. So that's my goal. That's my goal today, but that's also my goal when I'm done on this earth because it's not my home. My goal is to say, Jesus, I've done everything possible to fulfill your mission because everybody deserves to know. Paul was such a good example for Timothy to follow. Timothy followed these instructions and it made him a very effective leader. 
And now he's a great example for us. He's a great example for us. The word of God is a great example for you and I tonight. Model your life after it. Model your life after what the word of God tells you. Let Paul be an example for you. If you don't have someone to speak into your life, let Paul do it first. Let the word of God, let let God, your heavenly father, speak into your life first. Because there's a mission. The time is now and it's urgent. To stay caught up with everything happening, check us out at peopleschurch.com as well as on Instagram at PCYouthSalem.